Well, for those of you who look forward to Christmas and Easter, to see your pastor dress in respectable church clothing, I apologize. (laughs) I wore my normal church clothing. It really has come to this. I can wear clothes that fit me, or I can wear suits that make me look like a five-year-old boy in an ill-fitting outfit. Or worse yet, a 45-year-old vineyard pastor in an ill-fitting outfit. Uh, For the early years of our time in the vineyard, one of the great joys that Michelle and I experienced was laughing at the pastors in the vineyard churches as they would try to dress up on Christmas and Easter. And their ties would stick out from under their three-piece suits, and they would look absolutely ridiculous. And now I have officially joined their ranks. And so to avoid that, I am in my jeans. So my apologies to those of you who like one or two services a year uh, of dress up, but I'll tell you what, I feel much better. So there are lots of things I could joke about that, but uh, I'll leave it go at that one. So, well, one of the things that I love about Christmas is the music of Christmas, And tonight, we have sung some of the very finest Christmas carols. I hope that you recognize that. The very best Christmas carols are those that communicate the great truths that surround the birth of Jesus Christ to Joseph and Mary, the Virgin Mary, a little over 2,000 years ago. In his Advent message to us a few weeks ago, Stan Tennant reminded us that the birth of Jesus is a very forward-looking event. It wasn't so much about the event itself, although the event itself has great meaning, as it is about what the event points to, what it portends for the future. You know, our secular society is very comfortable with a holiday that has some basis and a nice story of a baby born in humble circumstances. And our society is comfortable with rather innocuous ideas such as Christmas being about caring and Christmas being about giving and Christmas being about recognizing our common humanity. But the best Christmas carols go beyond all of that and get to the heart of what Christmas really means according to the Bible. The best Christmas songs all proclaim the great truths that surround the birth of Jesus The truths about who Jesus is, what he came to do, what his life means for mankind, and what his life means for the future of the world. If you've paid attention to the songs we have sung throughout this Christmas season, you have noted that they are theologically substantive songs. They are full of scriptural truth. Consider some of the lyrics that we sang just tonight. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring song communicates that he's not just a cute baby in a manger. He is a liberator. He is someone who sets oppressed people free. He was born a child and yet a king. In fact, the ruler of a kingdom. 
that will never end. The prophet Isaiah wrote of this one who was born in Bethlehem's manger of the increase of his government, there will be no end. He is the king of an eternal kingdom. In John 8, Jesus taught that when people sin, they become slaves to sin. And all of us can say amen to that. We, we know about that firsthand. But then Jesus said something of himself. He said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This one in the manger is a liberator, a bondage breaker. He sets oppressed people free. Who here tonight would give an amen or a clap of the hands to say, yes, I have experienced that he is a bondage breaker and he does set people free. Amen. Jesus born in Bethlehem's manger is a liberator. He is the king of an eternal kingdom. We also sang, oh, come all ye faithful, which includes these great truths. Come and behold him born the king of of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Even in the manger, he's the king. He's the Christ. He is the Lord who is worthy of all glory. He's not just a baby in a manger. He's not just a heartwarming story. The birth of Jesus is the birth of the King, the Christ, the Lord. Here in a few minutes, we're going to sing the song, O Holy Night. And it includes these great truths. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. And then it goes on and says, Chains shall he break, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Let all within us praise his holy name. He's Savior. He frees us from oppression. His name is holy. A little later, we're going to sing joy to the world, which proclaims the truth of who Jesus is. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. All of these songs present great truth that Christmas isn't just a heartwarming story, that it isn't just about recognizing our common humanity and learning from a child how to love and appreciate each other. Those are all good things, but Christmas is about so much more than any of that. Because the one born in Bethlehem's manger is all that these songs proclaim him to be. Savior, liberator, Christ, Lord, holy, worthy of praise, king of an eternal kingdom. You can find Jesus to eternal infancy at your own peril. Because though he was a baby, he is not a baby. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is God. For just a few minutes, I want to consider the great truth that is contained in another of the carols that we sang here this evening. Hark the herald angels sing. The song is filled with truth. But I want to focus on just three truth-filled lines from that song. These lines. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. 
born to give them second birth. The baby born in the manger grew up. And one night, a Pharisee named Nicodemus came to him to learn more about him. And Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. This understandably caused great confusion within Nicodemus. And so he asked Jesus what was meant by this. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And here's how Jesus answered him. He said, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus makes it clear here that no one can see the kingdom of God means no one can enter, no one can be part of, no one can experience the kingdom of God unless that person is born again. And Jesus describes being born again as being born of water and of the Spirit. Now, there's been a lot of debate in the church about what Jesus meant when he referenced being born of water, and hammering out the various interpretations of that go beyond our purposes here tonight, so I'm simply going to tell you what I believe. I think that verse 6 gives us the answer to this, at least gives us a clue to this. Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. I believe that water represents natural, physical birth. And Jesus is simply saying here that natural physical birth does not give someone entrance into the kingdom of God. That to enter the kingdom of God, there has to be a second birth. There has to be a spiritual birth that takes place. And in response to Jesus saying this, Nicodemus asks a very important question. It's this question, how can this be? How can someone be born again, be spiritually born in order to enter the kingdom of God? Nicodemus cares. He wants to know. It's important to him to understand how to enter God's kingdom. These words of Jesus spoke to Nicodemus reverberate to us today. They still apply in 2013. Jesus still says to me, and he still says to you, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. It's important for us, even in the year 2013, to be like Nicodemus and ask, how can this be? But too many people are too busy to hear these words of Jesus, this this warning of Jesus. And even if they hear them, they're too busy, too distracted to really care much, to really inquire much, to ask, how can this be? But friends, the disinterest of so many, and if I may, even your own disinterest, if that's where you're living, doesn't change the truth that a person must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And so a question I would like to ask you tonight is, is this a question that you're concerned with? 
Why should anyone even care about the kingdom of God? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons that we should care. We could talk for an awfully long time about that, but here's a really important one. The kingdom of God offers life. It offers life. Jesus said in the book of John, I have come, I've been born, that they may have life and have it to the full. We were created for life, but sin has brought us death. Here's the dark cloud that hangs over the head of every human being. Someday, I am going to die. Someday, my loved ones are going to die. Everything that I love, everyone I love, my own life is only temporary. A brief blip in the expanse of time, and then it's over. The reality of death is a dark cloud that can show up on the most beautiful of days. You're enjoying a great time with friends, and suddenly the thought hits you someday I'm going to die, and all of this will be lost. You're on vacation, you're loving the time spent with your family and suddenly the thought overwhelms you, I wonder if I'll live long enough to see my kids be married. I wonder if I'll live long enough to see my grandchildren. The shadow of death hangs over us. We're reminded of the brevity and frailty of life every time we watch the news and we see another wreck on the interstate and three more people that, that died in a collision people that were going somewhere, doing something, on their way to see someone with no idea that this would be their last day. We're reminded of the brevity and frailty of life every time a friend is diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. You should care about the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God offers you and me life without Death. Life without death. And in order to experience this life that we were created for, we must enter the kingdom. But to enter the kingdom, to gain life without death, a person must be born again. They must be born of the Spirit. They must be born from above. And so if life without death is appealing to you, you should be asking like Nicodemus, how can this be? How can I be born again? In the words of the great Christmas carol, Christ was born to give them second birth. Jesus came to give you second birth. Jesus answered Nicodemus' question in verses 10 through 21 of the third chapter of John. But the heart of the answer is contained within a single verse, the most famous verse in the Bible, verse 16. Here's the answer to how a person can be born again in the words of Jesus himself. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Notice first that Jesus came because God so loved the world. Christmas is God's demonstration of love for the world. It is God's demonstration of love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his son. He he gave his son to be born of Joseph and Mary. He gave his son to live a sinless life in perfect obedience to God. He gave his son to die an excruciating death because of our sins. And he gave his son to raise to life proving that he had fully paid the debt of our rebellion against God. He gave his son to be a savior, to be a liberator. He gave his son to give second birth to those whose lives are spent in the shadow of death. He gave his son to provide entrance to the kingdom of God and the life that that kingdom brings. And then John records how Jesus told Nicodemus a person can be born again. How they can receive the second birth. How they can enter the kingdom of God and experience the life that it offers. He simply says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. The second birth happens when people believe in him. This is more than mentally agreeing that Jesus is who he said he is. Believing is trusting. It's it's going beyond just agreeing with the truth about Jesus. It is entrusting your life to that truth. It It is entrusting your life to the person of Jesus. And when you truly believe in him, entrust your life to him, Jesus says you will not perish, but instead you will have eternal life, born that man no more may die. This is the reason he came. He came to deliver you. He came to save you. He came to be your king and your Lord. He came to free you from the shadow of death. He came to free us from the dreadful thought that our 70 to 80 years on this earth, if we're lucky, are all that there is for us. He came to give second birth so that we could have the life that his kingdom offers, the life that we were intended from the beginning to live. He came so that you and I could have eternal life. No more shadow of death ruining your good moments. No more fear that loved ones past are gone forever. Confine Jesus to eternal infancy if you so choose. But if you do that, you have missed the reason that he came. Reduce him to a heartwarming story that you tell the children once a year if you want. 
But if you do that, you'll deprive yourself of the thing you really want. The thing that you were meant to have. The thing that your heart desires. True life. Unending life. Eternal life. Jesus came. He humbled himself. Took on human flesh. To provide the thing that your heart desires above all else. Unending life. This is the meaning of Christmas. This is the reason for his coming. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. He was born so that you could be born again and have eternal life. Some of you here tonight have never received Jesus Christ for who he really is. Savior, Lord, and King. All you would have to do tonight on this Christmas Eve 2013 is turn to him in faith. And if you would simply do that, the dark shadow of death that hangs over you could be removed from your life. You can be born again and you can receive the life of the kingdom of God. The eternal life that Jesus was born to give you. I want to ask tonight that all of you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I think there are at least a few of you, maybe several of you, that God is pressing in hard on right now. He's, he's speaking to your heart and he's telling you, it's time to finally give your life to him. If you want to do that, if you want to receive the life that Jesus came to give, you can be born again tonight. And I can think of no better time to do this. Right where you are, you can just say something like this. Yes, Jesus, I believe. I trust you. I know you came so that I wouldn't have to die. I know you came so that I could be born again and have eternal life. And tonight I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. I receive the second birth that you came to give me. I receive your gift of eternal life and I receive you as my Lord. I commit myself to living for you. As you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if anyone prayed that prayer, you made that decision, I'd just like you to raise your hand and let me know that you did that. Is there anyone here tonight who would say yes? Tonight is the night that I want to say yes to Jesus. I want him to become my savior. I'm going to take just a minute. Is there anybody? There's one hand. Two hands. Three hands. Very good. You guys can look up. Those of you who raised your hands, I'm going to ask you to do something very uh, simple for me. I'm going to ask that you take the program that we gave you tonight, maybe rip off the back of it, and just write your name, your phone number, and your email address. And the simple words, I said yes to Jesus. And over the next week, Pastor Ben or myself are going to give you a call 
We want to talk to you about the decision you've made and encourage you in your life with Jesus. If you raised your hand tonight, you're now counted among those of us who have said yes to the eternal life that Jesus came to provide. And on this Christmas Eve, 2013, I pray that every single one of us who have said yes to Jesus would have our hearts filled once again with wonder at the greatness of God's love for us. And as we sing these next couple of Christmas carols, I pray that our hearts would overflow with expressions of appreciation for the one who came to give second birth so that man no more may die. Why don't you stand?